This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Hey, podcast listeners, this is your host, Casey, coming to you, and I just wanted to give you a little heads up about the bonus episode this month. My guest and I will be discussing the controversial Netflix series, 13 Reasons Why. She and I both have teen daughters and thought it would be really powerful to be two moms in conversation about what happens in that show. So if you don't know anything about the show, You should know that it covers some very explicit and intense topics such as sexual harassment, rape, and suicide. We will be talking about those things on the show. So if you have littles, you might want to wait till later to listen in. Also, neither Rebecca or I are mental health professionals. We're we're coming at this conversation as two moms of teen girls that said, yes, let's watch this show together. Uh, My hope is that we offer some insight and information from our own experience, take what is helpful, leave what is not. There's my disclaimer. All right. Enjoy the show. Hey, welcome back to the Joyful Courage podcast, my friends. This is an exciting bonus episode, and I am so, so excited about the conversation that you're going to get to listen to with me today. I don't know how many of you out there that are listening have heard about 13 Reasons Why, the Netflix show created by Brian Yorkie that's been all the rage with the tweens and teens and probably you've seen on your Facebook feeds and social media feeds parents talking about should I, shouldn't I let my children watch it. I watched it with Rowan. It was such a powerful show and I'm really interested in the response that I'm seeing out in the world about the show and one of my friends in particular, my friend Rebecca Gallagher who is my guest today She posted um, about how important it is. She said, hey, everybody, if you're watching this, make sure you watch the, you know, the follow up, the behind the scenes. And and as I watched and thought about the conversations that Rowan and I were having because of the show, and we'll get into the content of the show in a little bit, 
I thought about, I kept coming back to that invitation, like watch the behind the scenes, have these conversations. And so, yeah, so now I'm thinking, okay, well, I want to have a conversation with somebody about the show, like from the parent, parent to parent perspective. And so I've invited my friend Rebecca on. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, thanks for having me. You are welcome. And I would love for you, just before we get into the nitty gritty of the conversation, can you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do in the world? Oh, yes. Well, um, I uh, write, my blog is Frugalista Blog, and I've been doing that for about five years or so, I think. And it's sort of, it's kind of a parenting blog, but it's loosely more based of a, a humor blog, kind of a self-deprecating, um, my byline is Confessions of a Middle-Aged Drama Queen. But <laughs> I am, but I am a mom, and um, I have teenagers, I have t- son who's 14, actually not quite 14, and a daughter who just turned 17. And um, I'm pretty well versed in the whole teen escape. Um, and uh, yeah, so I do, I've been a, I'm a published author. I've been part of an anthology series called I Just Want to Pee Alone. Um, <laughs> Such a great title. <laughs> I know. It, I didn't come up with it. I wish I could take credit for it, but it was our creator, Jen Mann, and she, um, uh, we made the New York Times bestsellers list with that book. We've had some subsequent um, uh, follow-ups to that, uh, but it's basically like you know, funny stories about parenting, husbands, that kind of thing, uh, girlfriends, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, and I've branched off into the realms of uh, speaking at conferences, uh, stand-up comedy, and YouTube. So I'm just kind of all over the place. You are all over the place, and we met listeners. Just background. Rebecca and I are both MamaCon junkies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. We can't get enough of it. <laughs> can't we get on stage again? Can't we hold we the can. mic again? Please? I'll pull you Yay. up on stage next week. Mama okay, Con perfect. Next week. <laughs> yeah, MamaCon, April 29th. Um, but that's where we met, and I just felt immediately connected to you, just your humor okay. and your authenticity and just how real you are. So, yeah, so, so yeah, thanks. You. You're like your energy and your enthusiasm about just, you know, it's nice to meet another happy person that is also slightly jaded like myself <laughs> who gets who has or who gets my sort of acerbic you know wit because it's like I am a very positive person but I also totally see through BS you know what I mean yeah 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 totally <laughs> so we're going to talk about 13 reasons why and where do you think we should start I mean I, I there there's probably listeners if you don't know what this story is about it's about um well, the two main characters are Hannah Baker and her friend Clay. And Hannah Baker um, commits suicide. Yeah. And the story, the the show is 13 episodes. And each episode is a sign of a tape, a side of a tape where she tells the story of one, of a person who had something to do with the circumstances that slowly led her to choose to commit suicide. Um, and it's based on the book. Yeah, and it's based uh, on the book. Author is Jay Asher. I made sure to write that down. Yeah. Um, and it was a best-selling book and tons and tons of accolades for the book out there. Have um, you read the book? I have not read the book. I didn't know Same anything here. about it until my Same daughter was here. like, "We have. I want to watch this show. And, of course, I'm like, hey. let's look it up on Common Sense Media. Uh-huh. And then I was like, well, we're going to have to watch this together. Right, because yeah. the themes are, you know, death, suicide, sexual assault. There's and there's going to be a million spoilers in this podcast episode. So if you don't want spoilers, 
and you're going to have to not listen. But just binge on Netflix for like three days. And right. I know. Gosh. But it talks I pretty about. I much watched the series in like three days. Yeah. Because... Rowan and I too. I finally was like, we have to go to bed. It's a school yeah. night. We can't watch yeah. another one. Luckily, we discovered it over spring break last week. And oh, so nice. it was basically. So my daughter, I think we should just sort of start. Well, look at me. Yeah, like, do it. Start Take with, over. Um, well, I just think, you know, it's kind of like what brought us to it and why we watched it and then kind of how we watched it. Because I think for me, um, it was my daughter, you know, I saw, you always see like what's trending on Netflix or what's up on Netflix. And then you sort of wait for kind of the buzz. Right. Mm -hmm. And my daughter's 17. So she's seen a lot. Um, she's, I don't really edit her viewing. Um, she's a very good, um, she sort of has her own parental guidance and she's watched things, you know, I think, you know, your kids, like, mm -hmm. I think, you know, what your kids are used to watching, what your kids are sort of capable of handling. Um, my kids have always been sort of those, um, you know, they, they're fine with like intense movies or action movies. They don't get scared with like the bad guys and, you know, stuff like that. And so I've always let her be a really good, her, she's a really good judge of mm -hmm. what, um, you know, so to start there, I guess. And then she's like, you've got to watch this show. And um, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm starting to hear about it. And then I thought, well, I don't really want to watch it because I thought it's kind of young adult. Like maybe it's not really even something, you know, I don't want to just watch some pretty little liars kind of yeah. dramedy kind of thing. And she's like, no, no, no. It's like really, really deep and heavy and emotional and I want you to watch it mom so we can talk about it and I'm thinking oh my god this is the old soul she is she's coming to me you know to yeah. like um want to talk about this so she finished it and then I just jumped right in and um I at first like the first four episodes I was just sort of taking it lightly and kind of just going okay and then I was just a little irritated with some aspects of it you know just like frustrated, like, come on, hurry up, you know, to the characters and this kind of stuff. And, and then by the time I think it was like the eighth or ninth, um, episode, I was just so emotionally wrought. Yeah. Like I just felt so raw, like my, my emotions were so much on the surface. And then I was like hugging her and like, just, and then she's like, well, wait to the end. And then we, you know, we got to the end and then we and then she's like, you, now you've got to watch the bonus. So she was the one that told me about the bonus thing. So I found the bonus thing in the trailers and more tab of the Netflix, the episode. Um, mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so it just opened us up to talk about a, a, a lot of stuff, but um, also just the handling of the characters and how and why right. they, you know, things happen the way they do. And cause I was telling her, I was like, the first four episodes, five episodes, I was mad at Hannah. I'm like, what the heck could be so bad that she would do this kind of thing and, and the pain she would cause her parents, you know? Right, right, like, right. That was my first, like, how dare she just cop out like that? This is, this, what's going on, you know? Right. And then my daughter kept saying, just wait, just wait, just wait. Right. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because your daughter, is she a junior? Yeah. Right, so Rowan's, my daughter's in eighth grade. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, so we, you know, and, and I, I think that the really um, special opportunity that exists with this kind of, you know, watching something like this with your adolescent is that, you know, it's hard to talk about suicide and date rape and mm -hmm. 
um, and cyberbullying. I mean, we have our one-liners and we have our little mini lectures that we give and you got to be nice and you got to be kind. And so for, for me, I really felt like the show offered a vehicle that opened up conversation in a way that she could hear it differently than if it was just me, you know. <laughs> I, I, so I laugh. Amy Lang's been on the show quite a few times. And I and I always say, like, Amy sends out the newsletter and she sends out some, like, new little tidbit. And I walk into Rowan's room and I'm like, okay, we need to talk <laughs> about something, you know. And she just rolls her eyes. Okay, mom. Yeah. But because we had this shared experience and we were both so, like you said, emotionally invested in these characters, like they did a really good job of building mm -hmm. these characters and honoring the experience of Hannah, like you said, the buildup, because it's not, she doesn't, you know, it's not like the, I don't feel like it's this brutal, I mean, it is brutal. Oh, yeah. But when you think the way that it rolled out, like some of the storylines were really subtle ways where she yeah. was betrayed or rejected or abandoned yeah. that just kind of added up and layered upon layer, you know, including the very end when she goes to an adult yeah. and he and just like misses the mark. Exactly. And I felt like that's what I kept saying to my daughter is I feel like there's people out in the world who have lived through worse and mm -hmm. yet still find a way to move on or to find healing, you know? So like what about, what is it about her and what happened to her that gave her the, the idea that she needed to end it? Because, you know, there's people who survive horrific events yeah. um, that are beyond just the sort of what happens in a teen's life and not to minimize what she went through, but I guess up until the rape, everything feels like, okay, this is just like teenager stuff, you know, like, right. is it really that bad? Is it really that bad? And then you get to that point where it's bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that's why watching so parents out there who go, well, I don't even know if I want to watch this. Should I even let my kids watch it? Should I watch it with my kids? The reason I say yes and watch that follow-up is because I was frustrated with a little bit of the conversation from some moms I saw that said, well, I don't know why they had to just go into depth like that. I don't know why they had to show her actually commit suicide. I don't know why they had to show her actually being raped. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, because it's uncomfortable and we need to see why that's uncomfortable. We need to see it so we can know that that is a place we don't want to go to, we don't want our children to go to, we want to be aware, we want to be present. And um, I think that we have to understand that there is a person's reality of being a victim, the way she was victimized mm -hmm. and desperation that becomes where there you feel hopeless, you know, and that yeah. is the, the thing is that she felt there was no more hope. Left. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, and it was interesting some of the because I don't I think you could easily watch this and get really scared about, well, this is glorifying something. Exactly. But when you really take a look at it, suicide is ugly and it's scary and it's lonely. And that is exactly what showed up for me when I watched that final scene. 
and the parents walking in, I mean, oh my God, rip your heart out, right? But there was this other character who was kind of a side character. She wasn't on any of the tapes, but the character of Skylar, who was really Sky, Sky yeah. was her name Skylar or Sky? Yeah, but, but I know was, who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, she was dark, right? She was edgy. Yeah. At one point, we find out that she is engaging in some self harm. And she makes a really strong statement where she says, when she's confronted about her self-harm, she says, well, this is how I don't end up like Hannah. Right. And I think that that was really powerful. Not like, hey, kids, you know, here's an alternative. That's not what I'm saying. But I think it was really important that her character was a part of the mix. Well, and I think also because for us is her character – and Clay at the end yeah. were such, you know, that's the way of showing um, how there can be hope and mm-hmm. connection. And, you know, it's like, okay, did it, you know, and I guess in some cases um, people are like, well, I didn't like the ending because there was nothing, there was no closure or there was no this, what happened to Alex? And I'm kind of thinking there is no closure, you know, right. especially for, teenagers I mean if once they're done in high school then they're on to college and life just seems to snowball yeah you're just like on this hamster wheel that doesn't stop and it's you can panic you know Mm -hmm. and so to it it doesn't need closure to still be a good story and to be worth um you know just having it I feel like it's just a a discussion point right it's not a finish. Right. And it's an oppor- yeah, it's an opportunity to like create your to really consider what do, how do you think it should end? How do you think it should carry on? What do you think would happen? And you know, I found myself a couple different times thinking and saying out loud like, "Where are the parents?" <laughs> <laughs> Where are the parents? I mean, we get to know a couple of the characters family. Um, but a lot, you know, actually a lot of the, there's a few of the families that show up and, you know, there's, you know, I've talked a lot on the podcast about parenting and one of my, you know, go-to comments is the most powerful tool we have for influencing behavior is our relationship with our kids. And so, and we had a couple years ago here in Monroe, we had a middle schooler take her life and, uh, and I was in the process. I was halfway through like a six-week parenting class at the time in town, and many of the families in the class were somehow or another connected to this girl. And I came in early to teach, and on the like the day after half the class was gone, one of the women kind of came struggling in. I had all the posters hanging, and she said, um, you know, she was just so distraught. And she said, I hear that there is a suicide prevention talk happening at the school later on. I think I'm going to go. And I just kind of pointed to all the things that we had done over the course of the, the last few weeks. And I said, so yes, go and get more information and also trust and know that everything we've been doing in this room is suicide prevention. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well-being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt 
in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP? It offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. right? Being in relationship with our kids, um, getting to know them, getting to know, being actively, getting to know their friends, um, not hovering, not helicoptering, right? But having these kinds of conversations, because if we put our head in the sand and say, this show, it's too graphic, it's too this, it's too that, you know, like you started off, Rebecca, saying, you know, you know your kids and you trust your kids and she and your daughter has, you know, you're pretty comfortable with her judgment. And I think it's also important for us to check in on ourselves. Like why, if we are feeling like, because this is what we both were seeing online, right? Like, I, I don't think I'm going to let my child watch this. It's too right. much. Well, check in on that, right? Mm-hmm. Check in on the why there. Because, I mean, my, yours has already been in high school. Mine's heading there next year. And the other piece beyond the suicide was the sexual harassment that was just, it felt like, the norm, the way that boys treat girls. And that was, that was an even bigger conversation that Rowan and I had. And not only that, there's one scene where, where Clay finally does get to, you know, kissy kiss with Hannah. Yeah. And I loved the way that they showed what consent looks like. 
right in that scene so he kisses her and it gets kind of hot and he pulls away and he says is this okay and she yeah. says yes and then they get a little bit more frisky and it gets a little bit racier and he pulls away and he says is this okay and i don't think i've ever seen consent like that on the tv screen right between young people like i, right. mean, I really think that having a teen versus the sort of sweeping her off her feet kind of um, you know, you will relinquish to the bad boy, good, you know, the whole, right. you see so many of that, you know, where like sure. the good girl goes for the bad boy and then he yeah. just, you know, always. I know so that hot. story she very well. Melts <laughs> in his embrace and then, you know, um, no, and I, it was so sweet. And then of course, because Hannah then is sort of broken, she yeah. ruins it. Right. And then, and yet he doesn't, the, uh, what also I think is, is key there is not just the consent up leading up to that, but when she is like refusing him eventually, right. he doesn't throw it in her face. I mean, there's right. obvious disappointment and there is always that sort of, you're watching this going, oh my God, you guys, can't you handle this differently? Talk to each other, do something, you know. Right. But everybody else that she refused then turned around and made it her being the the villain the issue mm-hmm. the bitch the mm-hmm. you know like marcus in the in the diner kind of thing like and he didn't do that and i feel like that's as much important as giving the space of are we going to do this and then or when she says no i'm not going to do this and then you know don't vilify her for for changing her mind um, yeah I, because I feel like that, I, so yeah, it's as far as the elements of the show in terms of what teens go through and what parents need to talk to their teens about and those big topics, you know, suicide is definitely the ultimate. And maybe you yeah. don't relate to that as a parent because you see your kid and you're thinking, well, that would never be my kid. But the fact is you should also look at this show based on just rape and mm-hmm. assault and um, daily, you know, micro aggressions right. happen to girls and guys, or, you know, it can be because we have a more gender sort of um, liquid society. I, don't, I made that <laughs> phrase up. I don't know what that, <laughs> That's, you know what I I'm mean? I'm going mean, to quote you on that, <laughs> our gender liquid. <laughs> but everybody, you know, my daughter has uh, two trans uh, kids at school and so mm-hmm. there is those elements now of who gets harassed of it's not just guys harassing girls mm-hmm. it's it's everyone um and i think that that is just so prevalent that that needs to be talked about yeah big time <laughs> you know cuz it's just everywhere and every school deals with it you will not always have you know thank god we were not going to be in a school where oh there's a suicide but you can guarantee that every day every school is having some kind of harassment mm-hmm. all the time you know yeah um and i feel like that is what we need to talk to not only our daughters but our sons now yeah. my son is also eighth grade but he's not he has no interest in watching it he told me his friends are watching it and I said, well, let's talk about this. Do you want to watch it? Because I really, if you watch it, I really want us to talk about it. He goes, no, I don't want to watch it. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. Maybe next year. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I guess so. Because I don't feel like he's in a headspace of 
interest. You know right. what I mean? It's like, I want to talk to him about those things. We already do. Um, to a point, We do have candid conversations, but I feel like if he doesn't want to watch it, I'm not going to make him watch it because sure. I want him to embrace the show for what it can offer, not just be like, it's my homework to watch it, you know? Right, um, right. But, and I feel like because guys and girls are sort of different in their maturity that your eighth grade daughter is ready for it. Whereas my eighth grade son, it's kind of like, eh, you know, he's not, eh, he's just not there. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that every, you know, other eighth grade sons out there, watch it with them, you know, talk about it, talk about consent, talk about standing up for a girl at a party when, you know, she's had too much to drink. Those are, we've got to talk about that stuff with our sons. Right. And you said microaggressions. So, you know, what the, the, the scene that keeps coming to mind is Hannah walking down the hallway and the boys Mm. behind her making the lewd gestures and comments. And I mean, it's, it's just not okay. It's just not okay. All the time. Even with us as women, as grownups, adults. My friend just posted on Facebook yesterday. She's like, wow, I'm a woman in my fifties and I still got verbally harassed by several men in Seattle on the street corner talking about my ass. Like, wow, nice ass. And she was like, why are you talking to me like that? Mm -hmm. And you know, she confronted them and she's like, I don't even know if I said the right thing or the wittiest thing, but boy, was I pissed off because she's like, I can't believe it's happens and it does and it's ridiculous it's so ridiculous that we're dealing with this and my daughter there was a kid in her class freshman year of high school that constantly squeezed her butt who just would reach out and pinch her butt or touch her butt and she would be like stop it stop it stop it one day he did that and she slapped him she was like I said knock it off that's it yeah he never touched her again, and she was like, you know, I mean, she just, like, asserted herself, and I, I just feel like, good for you, and I thought, if she got in trouble, I would have completely defended her, you right. know, um, she didn't, and it was, thankfully, the kid, like, got the message, yeah. and she's like, he's actually a lot better now, he actually is way more respectful of you know, he gets it and like, that's not cool. And, you know, sometimes you need to tell people like, this is not acceptable. Oh, I thought it was cute and funny. No, it's not. Yeah. You know, well, and we shouldn't have to slap you. Like (laughs) you shouldn't need to get a slap to get it. Right. And that's, I mean, the pulling the bra strap. How many times do I remember junior high, some kid pulling my bra strap? Yep. And we dealt, we just, we put up with it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it feels like, "Eh, you know, Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. And that is such a load of crap. And and we, you know, we, I love that I'm talking to you because we both have boys that are the younger yeah. siblings. And, yeah. you know, even in the, so I don't know what kind of music your children listen to, but I, I nothing makes me feel older. <laughs> really? I mean, show tunes and Nicki uh, Minaj. How is that like just like Beyonce? <laughs> I can't even tell you the names of the people that my daughter listens to because they're totally obscure, like weird rappers. I'm like, how are you relating to this? I don't even. And then I walk in and the, and the lyrics are, are really sexualized or referencing lots of drugs. And, you know, like I said, it totally makes me feel old because I loved, you know, Guns N' Roses and Def Leppard (laughs) and all the rockers that were completely sexualizing everything and talking about drugs. 
And, you know, when I talked to her recently, I said, you know, here, because she, what the kids say is, mom, we don't listen to the lyrics. We just like how it sounds. I'm like, okay. <laughs> However, if we want to live in a society where women aren't treated like objects that men can do whatever they want to, then maybe we should start paying attention to the lyrics. Right? Because that's what you're supporting. Every time you download something like that, you're supporting that message. And you're listening to it and it's becoming, you know, it's in your head. And it's, and it just is adding to the idea that it's normal and it's okay. Absolutely. And and I feel like um, I, I had my daughter, you know, when George Michael passed away Christmas Day and it was Christmas break and we were listening to Pandora in the car. And I want your sex comes on and I am like cracking up because one, you know, I love the song. I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember when I saw this in concert. This yeah, is a totally. big deal. Me this too. Is a controversial song. This is, and she's looking at me like, what is this? This is ridiculous. Like it's such a innocent, dorky little song. Like I want your sex. I want your, and then, and then, and then the whole sex is best when it's one on one. Like the lyrics in it are so tame compared to now I think the yeah. fact that there was just the word sex in the title is what freaked everyone out yeah. and then now um I listen to the music and it's so graphic and so graphic it's so just explicit and it's so different than what we considered explicit and but I was actually because leave it to Emma my daughter she's so I think she's got some great feminist teachers in her school um, because they were doing a thing on feminism and some other, I can't remember what it was exactly in language arts. And they were actually analyzing rap music. And she told me about Eminem and some of the lyrics and some of the way that there's like rape depicted. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea. You know, and because those are not the ones you hear on the radio. Those are the ones that are on the album. And so we were, she was just doing all this research on lyrics of women in, in music and how they're depicted. And I was horrified Mm -hmm. by some of it. And she's like, you know, it's one thing, you know, when Beyonce's talking about sex or even Kanye or any of those you know, you hear it and you're kind of, there's, there's some graphic explicit language about sex between people. But when you get to the like raping and violence, then how are we just like, Oh, that's okay. Because it's a sick beat. Like, yeah. What? What? Like, (laughs) right. Right. And and people who I know and respect are like, yeah, Eminem's cool. And I'm like, have you really like listened to all his music? You know, I'm not here to bash Eminem or anybody else. But I mean, it's just like, it's surprising what we have just let go. I know. What happened to metaphor? What happened to metaphor? Right. (laughs) My baby lives in a centerfold. What happened to the Jake Isles band? I asked my mom, I said, mom, (laughs) what's a centerfold? I was little. And she said, she goes, it's the picture in the middle of the magazine. Done. That was the explanation. I was like, okay, well, let's turn it up. (laughs) That was so tame and easy to manage, right? And now it's like, let me describe to you exactly what I'm going to do to your body. Yeah. After we smoke a huge doobie and do a couple lines of Coke, by the way. Let's add that lyric in, too. I don't think they say doobie. <laughs> no, they don't say doobie. 
a blunt. I don't. Speaking of that, I I don't even know. Right, um, but but it just kind of goes along. So that's what I, coming back to this 13 Reasons Why, you know, I think that they really, they do a really good job of showing those micro, I mean, you know, the the continuum of the microaggression assumption, like that boys will be boys up all the way to the other end of the spectrum, which is flat out rape. Exactly. Exactly. And the understanding of a character like Bryce, because I think what's good about if let's, you know, let's go through and we can talk about the 13 reasons and 13 characters, Mm -hmm. right? You've got the jock Bryce that as much as you think some of these characters are stereotyped, there's actually a lot of truth in that they, that those are, there are so many Bryce's. There mm-hmm. are so many people who are just, the school is celebrates this one particular type. Society celebrates this one particular type. They get away with so much mm-hmm. and that behavior continues. The psychologist in the um, follow-up on the Netflix bonus feature, she was like, the thing is, Bryce is a predator. Mm-hmm. Um, and though there are people like him that exist, even at that age, um, and, you know, you need to address that, you need to see it and recognize it. And I think that is, let's talk about when you said, where are the parents? Where are the adults? I clearly picked up on the, um, when I was about like episode five or whatever, I just was like, I said to Emma, oh my God, it's all about inept grownups. Like is mm-hmm. every grownup inept? You know, right. I, why is Tony the one kid? Like to me, he seemed like the, the, the he was one, Yoda. Like, he was yeah. totally the show he Yoda. Was <laughs> he was like the only one that had any sense or any, um, kind of guidance to these kids. And I feel like so many of them, they were trying hard and they were wrapped up in so many other things, or they just wanted to give their kid the benefit of the doubt. Right. I really think that's what it comes down to is denial. It's Mm -hmm. just, my kid is not capable of that. And, um, I really feel as parents is we have to look at our kids as just people and pop and these future adults almost, mm-hmm. you know, like they're on the verge of adulthood when they're this 15, 16. And what are they like outside of us? Not just what we want them to be. Um, right. And actually Clay's parents, I, I really did appreciate the way she, the mom was like, well, what if it is our son? What if he did something? Like right. Him? Yeah. Thanks to, to defend him. And I really feel like it, it showed a little bit of that, that way of, of certain adult, certain parents were like, defending their kids ridiculously versus some were trying to like go, Oh, let me find some answers and see what behavior I am enabling. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a hard truth to come to as a parent. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we had Bryce who was the entitled jock. We never saw his parents, but his house was, you know, the fancy house on the Hill where everybody partied and he basically got to do whatever he wants, you know, in all ways that is the metaphor of no parental um there was no parental figure in his life so he was right. very much his own um you know yeah he did as he wished right and it starts off with another jock character who was you know even though celebrated yes came from a really you know it was a very it was the opposite kind of home 
yes, parental figure missing, but missing in a different way, right? The mom, the the mom and the really gross druggy boyfriend and choosing these gross men over her son and you know, and it all starts with him, right? Because he goes on a date with Hannah and takes a picture at just the right angle that's, you know, not so flattering yeah, and, for her. Exactly. And he lets Bryce intimidate and he doesn't say that's not okay. You know, and right. he doesn't say he I didn't have sex with her. He just kind of laughs. Yeah. So it's really all about accountability at each, if, if, if one person had stepped up to be accountable for yeah. There to speak up for the truth of what really what happened would have happened, then that's that would have changed things. And I think that's the other lesson for kids is sometimes the accountability or just the facing the truth can be bitter and 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 not fun at that right. time, right? But can also be it's like that what do they say? You'd eat the frog first, you know. you you get over that hump and then honestly life will be better from it because it, it you never know how much worse it could be if you right. choose to, to not face those. Um, well, yeah. And so Sherry, you know, one of the tapes involves this girl, Sherry, who's really nice and gives yeah. Hannah a ride home and they, she's reaching for something in her purse and she knocks over a stop sign and is so worked up, doesn't want to get in trouble by her parents. So they just drive off 10 minutes later there's a car yeah. accident, and oh god, like my favorite character. No kidding, <laughs> that was Emma and, and I. We were. Oh. I was. I was crushed. I was crushed, and I have to admit, watching that first that exchange with Sherry and Hannah when Hannah was insisting on calling the police, I actually was a little bit like not like don't I I didn't understand Hannah's sort of frenzy. I was like, I don't. Like, what's the big deal? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I wasn't thinking, oh my God, right, a stop sign. Right. Like, you know, that's an intersection. Somebody could be killed. It wasn't that. And she didn't ever, Hannah never actually said that. Maybe if she had said that to Sherry, she, it, things would have, she would have, you know. Right. They could have handled it differently versus panicking. Um, And then it was like, oh, duh. Like, (laughs) Right. Yeah, you know, like one thing leads to another, and um, um, it's oh god, yeah. yeah. So there's, it's it is it's brutal. It's just brutal because yeah. you just you hurt, you hurt for these kids. Um, but and I think it's, it's brutal a, in a really beautiful way. Like what I want you all that are listening to this conversation to know is that, like I said, and and like Rebecca's saying, like it's really thoughtful. And very well done. And they do not shy away from these truths because we need to stop shying away from these truths. Right? Well, and that's just it. I feel like people can fall into a a sort of catchphrase of saying, well, it's glorification of rape or it's glorification of um, suicide. Uh, No. No. It's actually facing head on the difficulty of it. It might make you uncomfortable because they're showing things right. that you don't normally see. And that's not glorification. Um, because if there is an outcome of learning and change that we can come from it, then there, there's no glorification. You know, this isn't kill bill. This isn't just violence to be violent. Right. Right. Um, 
so I feel like that to me, that's sort of my message to parents is despite whatever makes you uncomfortable, despite whatever makes you uncomfortable in front of your children, or you feel like, Oh, I don't want my kids to be exposed to this kind of thing. The thing is, is they are exposed to mm-hmm. it. They mm-hmm. are already, and you've got to put it in context for them. You've got to just help them have the tools to navigate it. Otherwise, you're just going to, you know, you're in your alternate reality. Right, right, right. Well, and I think that, yeah, and this, and the bonus is like sitting down, and and I think that you and I are in agreement around watching this show with your children. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Or, your or at teens. least maybe having, like, if you can't watch it together, like what we did, my daughter and I, is she watched the whole thing and then I watched the whole right. thing. And I think in some cases, you know, because we're watching on our phones or we're watching. So <laughs> you were like, obsessed. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like she's able to just like sit up in her room and she can watch a couple episodes and then maybe I'm waiting for, you know, dinner to cook and I'm alone and I can mm-hmm. sit and watch the episode I'm on. And so it doesn't have to be where you're sitting together, but I feel like to watch it and then kind of regroup and talk about it and, you know, like that right. in that kind of way too, but to, and, to have both watched it. Yeah. And the message you get to send there, the unspoken message is I can handle this. I can talk about these things with you. I'm available to you. Right. Because that's how I felt watching it because I sat right down next to Rowan. I told her, if we're going to watch this, we're doing it together and neither of us will watch episodes with, you know, before the other one. So we just really charged it. And, you know, throughout the show, it was 
she got to see my response. I got to see her response. And I was always really conscious of, you know, shit's going to happen, right? And she's like I said, she's moving into high school. And whether it's her friends or people she knows or her, I want her to know that I can have, I can, I can be available to her without being flying off the handle, without putting my head in the sand, without assuming. Although it's really hard not to sometimes, and so I also ask my kids for a little grace around that. Um, but I think that's that's another kind of side bonus that happens when you just make the conscious decision. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna have these conversations with my kid before they're trying to figure out who do I talk to. Because this has happened because to me. Because they're saying to us, you just don't get it. You right. just don't understand. Oh, yeah. And it's true. We don't. We, yeah. we do because we were teens. But we were teens in a completely different world. Yeah. And we also forget. Yeah. You know, we, we forget. I and mean, our lens is so different. And that's, I just yeah. said that to Rowan. I said, you are going to be shocked when you see what it's like to be the parent of a teen. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And, and I think that I... You know, there are just those kids. I, so they talk about, um, that's the other thing I'm, I'm sort of interested about this show. And I think that I, what, as parents, we have to recognize is that they talk about how this show deals with mental illness is what they call it. Or they'll mm-hmm. say like mental, you know, and I feel like, well, there are clinically depressed, you know, there is elements of clinical depression, mm-hmm. but I I feel like that if you tell yourself, well, my kid doesn't have any mental illness, so therefore they can handle this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like Hannah, and this is in my layman's non-therapist right. you know, training, <laughs> I don't have any expert, but just the way I was looking at it, I'm like, I don't think she had a mental illness. No. I think she was just, it was just... Beat a, down. It's just, yeah, it was yeah. just other stuff. It wasn't mental, and and so um, uh, did she, she needed help. Yes, mm-hmm. did the people near her not have the capability? Like the counselor was, you know, if she had seen an actual therapist, right. maybe somebody would have um, given her more the help she needed. But um, I feel like we're kind of fooling ourselves if we go, well, it's you know, it's about mental. And only the mentally ill are the ones who commit suicide. And, you know, I've known um, four people, adults, that have committed suicide, and maybe there has been, I think in one situation there was somebody who was grappling with mental illness, but the others, it was just a sense of hopelessness, right. you know, it was just an actual desperation, um, so I feel like it's, we just, we just really need to be honest with the potential of the type of person that it can affect. Oh, and that reminds me, because the other catchphrase has been suicide contagion. Have you been seeing that? I haven't seen that, no. Okay. So. Meaning like, oh, now everybody's going to want to kill themselves? Yeah. That's what the, so people who are like against, the parents who say, I don't want to watch it, I don't want my kid to watch it because I'm afraid of the suicide contagion. Um, Because there is, uh, there's there's two parts to that, I think. One is, I feel like denying yourself and, and just sort of ignoring it doesn't necessarily diminish any kind of way of preventing suicide or, you know, protecting your child from suicide or being aware of even, not for themselves, but 
aware of their peers for their peers' sake. But um, then there is the there is an actual suicide contagion, and that what that means is that when someone commits suicide, it it um, in, uh, what's the word it um, creates a higher rate of others who will more likely commit suicide. So um, that's why Alex, and they say at the end, you know, he shot himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he is we don't of, know that he shot himself, do we? It's true. It's true. Because Rowan has a whole theory says, about Tyler yeah, looking at all the no, pictures and, I really, and taking I know, his. I know. So. We had the same conversation. <laughs> but if we take what the principal said about Alex shot himself last night. Right. Um, Self-inflicted. And we know he had access to a weapon. Mm -hmm. We know he actually did have those tendencies. He jumped in the pool. He had nothing to lose. He was saying he showed the signs of suicide throughout the episodes. He got in fights. Mm -hmm. Like there were signs that he was sending. And I feel like it's as as possible for him to have inflicted that wound on himself as it is. Yes, they were showing us the. Tyler and all his weapons and the buying gun and that, you know, and, 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 and yeah, so, so we are kind of confused on that, but I guess the, for the, for the discussion of, and this whole suicide contagion is that it is an actual, um, a current, you know, something that does happen, but, um, and also family members. So if you are a child of a parent who commits suicide, you have actually a higher risk of you yourself. Um, committing suicide, you know, there's, there's, there's that too, where if someone in your family has committed suicide, then that increases your risk of um, using suicide as a, Mm -hmm. as an end. Um, And so I think that is something to discuss, but not to avoid the show. Um, And also your kid is going to watch it because it's on Netflix. (laughs) So, So if you say, well, I don't want my kid to watch it because of the suicide contagion, and then they're just watching it, and you haven't talked to them about it, then, you know, what, then what? So I just, I don't know how else to um, approach it. Well, and I think, you know, and part of that, again, comes back to being in relationship with our kids. Yeah. Right? And 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 watching it with, you know, make, and I don't think, and I'm not here to say, like, hey, if you're not letting your child watch this, you're, you know, doing the wrong thing. That is not what this conversation's about. This conversation is simply an offering of two moms talking about what we think <laughs> yep. and offering some, maybe some alternative points of view around it. But, you know, and you know your kids, You like you said, Rebecca, your, 14, your son, eighth grade, not interested and, and not really the time. My daughter, eighth grade, absolutely. She, you know, and she's been asking to watch stuff that I don't want her to watch for years. My son, on the other hand, is in sixth grade and will be in eighth grade, probably will not be able to handle this because he's already I mean he called me in tears over spring break at his at my grand at my parents house saying we watched neighbors too and he was was (laughs) so distraught he was crying he was like mom it was so weird they said dick a lot and vagina and they swore and I'm like and he watched that with his grandparents no he watched it with his sister who said it was okay because she knew Zac Efron was in it and you know, sure. he's so hot. I yeah. was like, Rowan, bad call. 
<laughs> I know. And I, I, I think it's funny when that sensitivity level changes because my son used to bristle at any kind of profanity or swear word. And now things have completely changed um, for him. And it's amazing what like two or three years can do. Yeah. But yeah. They're sensitive. And that's good. You know, if you know your child is sensitive or you know your child isn't ready for something like this, then it's okay to protect them. It's yeah. okay. Of course. Like, like you said, we're not here to say you should, you have to watch this. It's more of a, if you're on the fence and you think you're curious about how this will benefit your child and if your child has expressed interest, then this is our opinion on yeah. what you should do. Um, and this is our, our layman's. Yeah. This is long, our untrained, you know. non-therapeutic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember in seventh grade, we had to watch in our, all the seventh grade, like language arts classes, um, had to watch this video. And it was like an after school special type uh-huh. show. I remember it had Chad Lowe in it. Oh. And he committed suicide. And it was basically a high school. I think it had Charlie Sheen in it too. Um, it was a whatever made-for-TV movie that they decided would be really good viewing for kids because it was basically a, a teenager committing suicide and then what was the aftermath for those around him and, mm-hmm. and what were the signs. And I think that those shows have been around for a really long time. And I think that the difference with The 13 Reasons Why is that it's showing us in the context of 2017 and yeah. Snapchat, Facebook, um, you know, yep. fire, firearms, drugs, like yep. everything that kids have uh, the access to access to that didn't 10 or 20 years ago. Right. I mean, I really think we need to address that. Yes. Um, and, you know, that not to become not to create an argument for whether it's, you know, um, gun control and all that stuff. Um, but to just look at statistics of mm-hmm. what, um, where the data is and that, you know, um, what are the potentials? And that is that, you know, a firearm in the home increases the risk of somebody using that. Yep. Um, if it's desperate and, and that's, you can ask any police officer and they'll tell you that that's absolutely true. So, um, it, it, it's just one of those, that's why I feel like it's so important is because it's, it's, it's for today. Yeah. Rebecca, thank you for coming on and chatting with me. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I hope somebody got something. <laughs> well, I have to tell you. Yeah, we'll see. Away. Who knows? People might not listen. People who have two-year-olds will be like, why do I want to listen to those ladies with those old kids? But, you know, I it feels really good to talk about this show with another parent because I haven't. Exactly. You know, Same here. Same so here. thank you for that opportunity. And listeners, you know, yeah, my hope is that you're taking something away, that there's pieces, you know, regardless of how old your kids are, that, you know, we've left you some things to think about, right? Some things to think about. And, and I will just say that I thoroughly enjoy being a parent of teenagers right yeah, now. Me so too. I can I can close on <laughs> saying that I remember just freaking out about what it's going to be like and it's it's great it's, yeah I'm, it's fine they're i'm parent it's it's you're still they're still your kids you know we haven't gone into that abyss of oh my god i don't know who this monster is you know it's right it's, it's we we um i think it's more fun than it's ever been in a way yeah know? i would agree it is fun it is fun you know even when it's you know and sometimes it's not that fun sometimes it's kind of intense and annoying 
It is. And, and then really real because you're like, uh, you're going to be away at college and too. Like, this is the real world. This is right. Just, you need to learn how to clean up your room and put shoes on. Right. Well, for and for me, <laughs> get your shit together. For yeah. me, it's more of like, you know, knowing that, the you know, watching a show like that and recognizing like this is real. You know, these are the risks that maybe not everything will cross their paths, but definitely some of it will cross their paths. And just, you know, we have to ultimately, no matter what we do, all we can do in parenting is, is, is work on increasing the likelihood that they're going to be cooperative contributing adults one day. Exactly. Right. There's no guarantee. You know, like here we, we want to help you like not, you know, yeah, yeah, there there is no guarantee. <laughs> There's but, no guarantee. Um, but that's the risk we run with every human. <laughs> right. And that's why, you know, and, and I love Dan Siegel says, if it wasn't for adolescence, we never would have left the cave. Because our it, during t- our teen years, the risk-taking part of the brain develops quicker than the risk assessment part. And I just think that's so brilliant. Like, if it wasn't for adolescence, we never would have left the cave because it would have been too risky. Right. Right. So and celebrate in them. Terms of that's why there is this natural kind of push pull away mm-hmm. because as parents, we're sort of preparing ourselves to kind of just be like, okay, get out of the house, you know, yeah. you're, you know, and then, and then the kids are like, yeah, I want to get away. I want my space. So yeah, it's a little bit of a natural evolution. Definitely. Definitely. Um, all right. I could talk to you all day long. I know. Cut us off. Same. Thank you so much for coming on and talking with me, Rebecca. It was fun, fun, fun. And I will see you soon. Definitely. Next week. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah. Thanks for hanging in there with me, listeners, with Rebecca and I. Um, There are some pretty... Heavy, heavy things to be talking to our kids about, right? And like I said at the very beginning and throughout the show, you are the expert. You decide, you know, you decide what you think is the right move for your kids. And I just invite you to remember that regardless of what you decide, you're sending a message. And I know in my own parenting practice, I want my kids to know that I can handle whatever it is that they have to bring me and um yeah so I'm not gonna shy away from the tough topics and I don't always get it right for sure I don't always get it right but I do my best and I try to be really open and available to my kids but you are the expert on your kids so I hope you took something away from the show um let me know if you have any questions or feedback you can find me at casey at joyfulcourage.com Join us, um, as always, in the Live in Love with Joyful Courage Facebook group. Also, you can get on my newsletter list by going to joyfulcourage.com and signing up for the list. So I'd love to have you in any of those places. You can also find me on my business page at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'll be back again on Tuesday with a brand new show. Larissa Dunn is on, and we are talking about parenting without consequences and rewards much less controversial than the 13 reasons why series so i look forward to to uh, picking things back up with you then have a beautiful beautiful weekend
No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 